Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 again. Uh, while you turn there, if you don't have a Bible, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. But while you turn there, I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. But, Lord, I thank you, Father God, the soil in our heart, Lord. I thank you tonight you are depositing seeds, Lord, that in the right time, in your timing, not our timing, Lord, but in your timing, they, those seeds will bear fruit, Lord, and that fruit can remain in all seasons of our life, Lord, during the ups and during the downs, Lord, during the mountaintops and even when we're in the, even when we're in the valley, Lord, I thank you, Father God, what you are depositing on, in, on the inside of us, Lord. It will carry us for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You know, just to give a quick recap from this past Sunday, you know, we, uh, you know, I said it, I said it Sunday, but I didn't realize when they were working on the air conditioning unit last Saturday, you know, I was back there just kind of walking. I don't ever go back in the, in the cemetery much, um, as, you know, as a kid, it just freaked me out as an adult, low-key part of me, just like, oh, you know. But I went back there and I, you know, looked at some of the some of the headstones of the family that I did remember that I was alive for. Um, and, you know, as I'm as I walk by walk by Carver, I'm like, oh, Carver, let's pay attention. And instantly I, I look at the name and it was just it had to been the Lord. It was the Lord. And I said this Sunday, but I saw Esther Lee and I was like, oh, yeah, felt like a little kid again. I was like, Jesus, I remember. I remember Big Mama. And uh, so then I'm starting to look at the dates because, you know, I, I didn't know what day she was born. So I'm like, well, let's see if I was close to it or somebody I know that was close to it. And she was born in May. I was like, all right, Lord, my, my firstborn was born in May. OK. All right. All right. You know, Dre adds more like her, but still, OK, we'll take it. And uh, <laughs> had to throw that one in there. And uh, but I'm looking at the scripture. Uh, there is a scripture on there. And when I saw the scripture, I recognized it. And I was like, oh. So I had to call mom. I was like, hey, mom, I, I, I got a question for you. I got to put you on the spot. I said, this scripture that's on Big Mama's head, uh, headstone, is, is it just one of those, you know, one of the generic ones that you get, you know, from the from the company? Or is this like that was her favorite one? And she said, what, what does it say on there? I said, John 14, 1. And instantly mom quoted it. And I thought that was fitting because, you know, when we started this Holy Spirit series, like we said Sunday, we started it with John 14, 1. And we read in the Passion Translation where literally it says, do not, do not let, or what is it? Don't worry, nor surrender your heart to fear. And we know it growing up as, let your heart not be troubled. Amen. Look at somebody near you say, don't be troubled. Don't surrender to fear. And I thought it was fitting because, you know, you look in John 14, verse 1, where it says that, but then instantly in John 14, after Jesus tells us, do not let your heart surrender to fear, he begins to introduce us to who the Holy Spirit is. And it's not, it's not like it was two separate thoughts. It was one thought of, hey, before I introduce you to the Holy Spirit, before I introduce you into the, to the ultimate peace giver, the ultimate comforter, you need to understand this. Do not surrender your heart to fear. Amen? So that's how we opened up the series. And I just thought it was fitting. I was like, Lord, come on. I didn't even know that. And, I, and, I, and the moment I read that verse, my, my heart instantly put an anchor in it. And that's just been one of my scriptures, John 14, 1. Didn't even know that that was her verse. And I was like, all right, Lord. Okay, Jesus. Oh, what you doing? And, you know, I was, I was, it was hot that Saturday, but I was, I was about to go. I was like, all right, we got to, you know, it's, we sweating out here. So let's, let's, all right, Jesus, let's take this inside. 
But in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21, we went over it this Sunday, but, you know, just to give a quick review, we talked about how to behave is, a, is to conduct yourself in a certain way. We talked about if you're behaving a certain way, it's because you're conducting yourself in a certain way. And we said the behaviors of your flesh, they are rooted in a lie that you believe about God or about yourself. When Paul is talking about the, the fruit of the flesh, the behaviors of the flesh, it's, it's, based, or it's rooted in a lie that you and I believe about God or ourself. In other words, believing in a lie about God or yourself can lead you to do what we see in verse 19. But in verse 17, I'll start in verse 17. For yourself, life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom, somebody say full freedom. When you're brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are, and we went over this this Sunday, but the cravings of the self-life are sexual immorality or adultery and fornication, lustful thoughts. We said in the Greek, it's the word, it's the same word for covet, but chasing after things instead of God. This is where we stepped on toes Sunday. We stepping on toes tonight. So I pray you brought some cushions. If you didn't, too bad. But also, so understand, this is the behavior of our flesh, manipulating others, hatred of those get, who get in your way senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, watch this, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, etc. According to Paul in verse 17, the behaviors, these behaviors, that's what hinders the Holy Spirit from living free within us. That's what keeps him from living free. It doesn't keep him from being who he is. It just keeps him from doing what he's supposed to do in your life. The transformation, you know, the scripture where Paul talks about 2 Corinthians 3 or yeah, uh, 5 and 18 where we go from glory to glory to, that's not happening when we are living out of our flesh. When we're giving into the impulses of our flesh, whether that's cutting somebody off, whether, that, you know, when you're cut off in traffic, you, you know, you want to speed up. We all do it. All, we all have that inclination. Some of y'all don't. And God bless you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, the Lord's working on me. The Lord's working on me. But there's sometimes somebody cuts you off and you're just like, well, do they not know? Do they not smell what the Holy Ghost can be cooking today? I mean, like, uh, or whether somebody brings up your past and instantly you want to, you know, you just want to go there or whatever it is that, whatever it is that brings out that behavior of the flesh. That's, it's those behaviors. That's what hinders the Holy Spirit from doing what the Holy Spirit is meant to do in your heart and mind. Amen. In verse 17, it also tells us that the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your flesh from dominating you. So not only can your flesh hinder the Holy Spirit from living free, but on the other side of the coin, the Holy Spirit's intense desires can hinder your flesh from dominating you. And I love how Dr. Simmons, he describes the, he describes the flesh or our self-life uh, he, des he describes the power of your flesh as domination, as it's dominating you. You know, sometimes we just have that overwhelming desire, I just got to have a piece of cake. Oh, I got to have a Pepsi. You know, one, one time I, I got off work, and I know better than to drink soda. You know, if I'm working out in the heat, 
And I know better. I've tried it before, and it did not work well. So when I get off work, most of the time I'm drinking water or I'm drinking Gatorade, pulling to the gas station, filling up the mail truck. That way I didn't have to do it the next morning. I remember walking in BP. I was going to get go and get a pack of gum, go and get some snacks for the next day, and go and get a Gatorade. So I go grab a Gatorade, and I see the new Sprite. I see the new Sprite. The new Sprite, I was like, ah. But I see the purple fruity one. I was like, there's just something, something just coming. I was like, man, I just need that Sprite. I need it. And it was just overwhelmed. Like, I got to have it. Now, up until that moment, I wasn't thinking about Sprite. When Kelsey tested, or, you know, hey, what's on your mind? Sprite wasn't the thing on my mind. But, you know, I walk up to the checkout, and I don't have the Sprite on my head. But all I could think about is the Sprite. Man, I really, that's going to be so good. I really, so what I do, I went and got it. Now, that's not a sin for me to drink the Sprite, okay? We, we all understand. It wasn't a sin for me to drink Sprite, but the, to let it dominate me. In that moment, I was not living up to my purpose or my existence. Why? Because I was letting a behavior, a carnal behavior, dominate my existence, dominate my mind, dominate my heart. And listen, whatever dominates your mind and heart, that's what you're going to act out. In that moment, this Lindsay Melton believed he needed that fruity Sprite. Now, when I go in there, I see that Sprite, and I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. I don't get it. But in that moment, I felt like I needed it. And we all have those moments in our life where we feel like we just need something, and it's not even rooted in the Holy Spirit. It's rooted in our flesh. Or watch this. It's rooted in us trying to compete with everybody else we're looking at that we ain't supposed to be looking at. We said it Sunday. What pressures are we living with that we were never meant to hold? Amen. You know, I, I remind y'all, I try to get some of y'all to watch that documentary when nobody watched it, uh, the free solo climber, as he was climbing the 3,000-foot um, El Cap in the Yosemite National Park. And this free solo climber, just to catch everybody up, what he does is he goes around and he free solo climbs. He climbs these big obstacles without a rope, without a harness or anything like that. And it's crazy, you, you can't take your eyes off the whole documentary because you're wondering what's going to happen. I didn't spoil it then, I won't spoil it now. I encourage you, if you want to watch it, it was fun just watching mom's reaction, just a little bit of it. But, you know, when it came time to climb this big 3,000-foot, you know, land landmark, he he couldn't do it. And, the re- and he told the, the camera crew that he couldn't do it because before everywhere else that he went and climbed and achieved all, I mean, like he had achieved all these great feats. But he did it by himself. Nobody was watching. So when he had the camera crew following him around, and it came time, he, he starts out and he gets maybe, you know, maybe, a, you know, maybe 400, 500 feet, which is, you know, say he gets 500 feet up in the air, which is 500 feet too far for me without a rope. <laughs> Jesus. Whew. Makes me nervous just thinking about it. Sweat a little bit. But, you know, he, he bails, and he decides to scale back down, and he goes back to his van. And when they say, what, you know, why, why did you bail? He said, there was pressure that wasn't there before. He said, you know, having all you guys around, there's pressure. So therefore, him looking, you know, to the left and to the right and looking and thinking about, okay, what, what, are, what are these people thinking of me as I'm doing this? Because, see, before the TV crew, he did it out of the pure joy. He just loved to climb mountains. But now that he had everybody else all eyes on him, he was worried about what were they going to think about him. And so many times we consider everybody else's opinion over God's opinion. I heard, I heard somebody, I heard this one minister say, I think it was John Gray, actually, years ago. We was in, uh, we was in Johnson City. I heard John Gray literally shout out. He said, others' opinions is none of your business. That'll free you if, you if you let it sit. Everybody else's opinions of you, that's none of your business. 
none of your business. When you was created, God did not consider who you consider to be the most, the utmost, the guy that all together, the, you know, the, the Instagram ready, TikTok ready, you know, cream of the crop, high shelf dispensary. No, God didn't consider any of those people's opinions when he made you. Amen. The Bible says that he looked at himself because we bear the image of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Therefore, you know what that means? It means you are enough. Not in the notes, but that's for somebody tonight. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. Amen. Somebody say, I'm more than enough. Paul says that the Holy Spirit's intense cravings, they hinder our flesh from dominating or controlling us. That word dominating, dominating just means control. So the Holy Spirit, if we allow the Holy Spirit to, he can hinder our fleshly behaviors from dominating us. And guess what? That's good news. Amen. Let's skip down to verse 22 and 23. According to Paul, this is a grocery list of the fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit within us. You want, you want to see what it says? Verse 22 and 23. But the fruit produced by the who? Holy Spirit. Not produced by your chapter reading. Not produced by your, your five-day prayer. Not produced by your fasting. There's nothing wrong with these things. But you got to understand, like we said Sunday, your performance is not what activates all this. His performance is more than enough. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the one that is producing this within you. Divine love and its all varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience or patience that, endure, that endures. Excuse me. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. <clears throat> Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Amen? I love the fact that Paul said, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. That's a, that's a pat statement. The reason it's a pat statement is because the, when he says, never set the law, he's talking about the Mosaic law. And see, the Mosaic law in the Old Testament, it was performance-based. You obey, you get blessed. You disobey, you get cursed. Obedience equals blessing. Disobedience equals curse. But, you know, when it comes to this, we talked about last week, the Old Testament law is based on your performance. And we said last week, your performance, at the end of the day, your performance is not enough to convince God to love you more than he already loves you right now. You can read, you can read the whole Bible in seven days. And it's not going to inspire or invoke God to love you more than he loved you when he was at the cross. Amen. There's nothing you can do to convince God to love you more today than he did yesterday. Ain't that right, Coco? That's right, baby. He helped me. He helped me this. He helped me earlier today get these notes together. And I was like, "All right, Cole." I I, I go over with. The, I speak it to him, and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." At one point, I was hooping. I was heating up, and just to see what he would do. And he's like, "He's bending those knees." I was like, "That's right, baby. Come on, let's make that shield wall. Let's go." And we're praying. We're praying. I love it. But you know, there's there's two laws that are that that we're wrestling with. There's the law of our performance. There's the law of sin and death. There's the Mosaic law that says if we don't perform right, then we won't receive what God has for us. And Paul says that that's not the law that we should be following. It literally says the law of the Spirit. See, the law, the Old Testament law says that you must perform, but the law of the Holy Spirit in verse 18 says that we are to yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Somebody say yield. So yield, it's the word, yield means to surrender or relinquish control. That's all it means. To yield is to surrender or relinquish control. So watch this. The more you surrender, the more you gain. The more you keep, 
the more you lose. I'm going to run it back. The more you surrender, the more you gain. The more you try to keep to yourself, the more you're going to lose. Amen. See, let me let me say, explain it this way. The more the more you keep your carnal mindset, the more you will lose in the race of faith. The more you try to keep your desires, your oh man, I just, I, 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 Jesus, I hear you, but let me just take care of this first. Let me do this. Let me, let me, let me. The more you keep that mindset, the more you live life out of that mindset, the more you're going to lose in life. Because we we talked about it. When it comes to following Jesus, Jesus is the King of the upside down kingdom. The world says that if you want to gain, you gotta you gotta grit at it, you gotta cut everybody else, you gotta go hard at it. And Jesus says he's the opposite. He says if you want to gain, you gotta consider everybody before yourself. In fact, he said, hey, if you want to be first in my kingdom, you need to be last. You need to be okay with being last. And last time I checked, <clears throat> I don't know about y'all, but in our little family, we're not great at being last. We are competitive. The boys are competitive, and everybody's like, where'd they get it from? Both parents. We don't like to lose. We don't like to. We play sports with them. We, we, we bought them Nintendo Switches for their birthdays, and we all have this, we have this nice liturgy going on at the end of the night every night where we all get together, and we put one of the Switches on the screen, and we all play against each other in Mario Kart. And do you think we take it easy on them? No. I mean, I mean, you would you would think that oh, mommy and daddy they take it easy on because at the end of the night the boys they're both they're both crying because they came in last place and I don't know how I get better. And you think that would convince us the next night to be like okay, well, let's let them win? Nope, daddy comes in first place or mommy comes in first place while the boys are in a hard eight, nine, ten, and eleven. We are competitive, and that can only get you so far because Jesus says if you want to go further. You have to consider everybody else before you. Amen. So see, therefore, I'm going to say it again. The more we surrender, the more we gain. What is it you want to gain? You got to be willing to surrender. What is it you want to gain in this life while you're on this earth? You got to, instead of ask yourself, what am I, what do I want to gain? I have to say, what do I want to surrender? What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to say? And it's, it's not like you're compromising your beliefs is what we're saying. What we're saying is, what am I willing to say? Okay, Lord, you take the wheel instead of me taking control. Amen. Therefore, the more you refuse to let go, the more you lose. Jesus said it best. He said it in, what did he say? In Matthew chapter 10, 39. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. But literally he said, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Amen. That's so good. I have to read it again. Jesus said, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Amen. It's Matthew 10, 39. And if you're taking notes, I definitely encourage you to write that there. Circle it. Circle it. Write it on a sticky note and put it to where you see it every day. And remind yourself, okay, when I wake up in the morning, okay, what am I willing to surrender? All right, wake up in the morning. What am I willing to not have the last say? Oh, that's a big one. You know, you ever get in an argument and you just, you know in your heart and in your mind. You know, if they just, if they just saw that you were right, all things would be right. The, the if you, yeah, is anybody else like that? Or you just know like, okay, if they could just get on my level, everything be, I know, I know I'm right. They're wrong. Lord, and sometimes you're secret, but Lord, show them the errors of their ways and show them that it's my vantage point or no vantage point. What are you willing to be, are you willing, you know, when you wake up in the morning, are you willing to leave that mindset at the bed 
or leave it in the trash can or leave it on the shelf and say, okay, Lord, help me. And if you struggle, this is, this is great. Pray and say, okay, Lord, help me to not have to have the final say. Lord, help me to not always have to have the last word. Lord, help me to be okay with not knowing what's going on in everybody's life. Amen. We all, some, we all have that itch where we want to know, like, hey, how's, how's so-and-so? And we just keep digging and digging and digging. Lord, help me to be okay with not knowing what's going on. I ran into somebody the other day, and it's like, did you know? I was like, no. And they just begin to let me know. I was like, oh. Oh, and they're like, where you been? I said, I, you know, raising kids, working, paying bills. I, I, I'm living my life following Jesus. I, I didn't know that. Was, yeah, this is what's going on. And they let air. But up until that moment, I didn't have a desire. And even as she was telling me all these things, low-key, I'm like, you know, that's, that's great. We're going to pray and da-da-da. But at the end of the day, like, my desire in my heart is not to know everything that's going on in everybody's life. Because I know that at the end of the day, what you have going on in your life, that does not make or break me. What I have going on in my life does not make or break you. We have to be okay with that. Amen. We had to be okay with that. The more you yield and surrender to the life of the Spirit, the more you gain. Because the Holy Spirit effortlessly, effortlessly, you will bear a harvest of, like we read earlier, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, kindness and action, and all the fruit of the Spirit. But like we said in Matthew 10, 39, where Jesus says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you, if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So walking with the Lord is all about surrender. When it comes to it, everybody likes to make this deep theological, but all it is, when it comes to walking with the Lord, it's all about surrender, amen? Why do we need to yield to the Holy Spirit? Why do we need to yield to the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the only one that can keep those intense cravings of our flesh. He could, he's the only one that, that can literally hinder those from coming to the surface. He's the only one that can keep us from committing sexual immorality or lustful thoughts or pornography, chasing after things instead of God, the whole list like we read earlier, manipulating others, 19 through 21, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. The Holy Spirit, he prevents us from having resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels. He prevents us from only thinking of ourselves. He prevents us from being in love with our own opinions. He prevents us from being envious when others are blessed. He prevents us from murder and uncontrolled addictions. All the behaviors of our flesh, the Holy Spirit literally, he has the power to stifle those. And when we're letting him do that, that's what the result is. We said it Sunday, but what do you gain? What do you have to lose when you allow the Holy Spirit to move freely in your life? You know, when you watch those game shows where they get a certain a certain level of money and the, the host is like, okay, you can take this or do you want to keep playing? I'm the one that's always like, let's take it. Take it and go because you, you, you leave it with more money than you came with. And you always got that one side, risk it all. <laughs> and bless the, bless the heart, Kellen, what was it? We was watching something the other night and, and they was talking about risking it all. And Kellen's like, he's sitting, you know, he's only seven, but you think he was, you know, 27 he's like don't risk it he's yelling at the tv don't risk it nope don't risk it sounds like a risk nope they're gonna lose they're gonna lose <laughs> and i couldn't be mad at him because i'm like yeah i agree buddy they shouldn't be risking it you know they they shouldn't be risking it but they are evidently i love it but you know you 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 get around those people that are always like, okay you know let me let you know let's, let's just keep what we got or we can keep risking it all and when it comes to the holy spirit he's the one that gives us the wisdom amen 
He's the one that gives us the wisdom. But why do we yield to the Holy Spirit? We need to yield to the Holy Spirit because he's the one that can stifle all those carnal desires. Well, Lindsay, what happens after I've given my life to the Lord and I still have those desires, I still have those temptations? Well, we lean into him. We've said it before, but it's almost like the seesaw effect. You know, when the, when nobody's on the seesaw, it's, it's, it's balanced. But when, you know, you take both boys, but when they're on the seesaw on opposite sides, one side is going to be up and one side is going to be down. When you feel, when you feel like the enemy is rising like a flood, you lean into the Holy Spirit and allow him to, to raise the level to where it feels like your flesh is low and your, and your spirit, man, is high. To the point to where when you're tempted to cut somebody off, when you're tempted to retaliate, when you're tempted to curse somebody out, you lean into the Lord. We talked about it on Father's Day when we said how to be a thermostat. How do we be a thermostat? By breathing first before we respond. Breathe. Take a deep breath. Pray and then respond. The same goes with walking in the Holy Spirit. When life happens, when the doctor gives you a diagnosis that you do not agree with or is the opposite of the word of God, when people say stuff about you, when, when, when life happens, when the poop hits the fan, take a deep breath, pray. And, there was, and when you pray, it ain't got to be, holy God, dost thou, you see what is going on with your child. Don't, don't, don't be like that. Well, I've said it before, but get specific. Get specific. There's times where I'm, I'm in the mail truck, I'm like, Lord, get a piece of information or, or hear something or something happens, I'm like, Lord, take a deep breath. Lord, you see what's going on right now? And I'm like, Lord, you know how my heart feels. I'm one time, I was like, Lord, you know what I want to do. Lord, you know what I want to say. I'm like, but Lord, I know it's not right. I know it's not right. But Lord, I need you to give me strength to say what I need to say, to do what I need. Lord, if I need to be quiet, I need you to give me the strength to do so. Lord, and, and watch this, I even say, Lord, I need you to help me be okay with it. That's where the real struggle is. Lord, help me be okay with surrendering to you. Lord, in this moment where I want to defend myself, we sing the song uh, called The Great Defender, and it's a, it's a great song. But, Lord, help me be okay with you defending me and not me defending me. Lord, help me be okay with you being my lawyer, you going on my, my behalf. And uh, watch this. Help me be okay with the timetable of it. Because sometimes when, it, when, when the attacks come, we want to defend ourselves instantly. And when my, my pastor told me the, you know, the greatest piece of advice he's ever given me, and the reason I said it's the greatest is because it's the one piece of advice my flesh does not like. But he says when, when, when chaos is coming, when people are talking about you, when accusations come, when all these different things happen, Lindsay, you just have to sit back and outlive it. And I remember when he said that, I was like, man, I don't want to outlive it. I was like, Pastor Dale, you, you know what they said? He said, I know. I said, you know it ain't true. He said, I know it ain't true. I said, then let's go ride up on them. Let's take care of this. Pastor, I thought you, I thought you said before you got saved, you was, you was about that. He said, I was. <laughs> I said, okay, let's go take care of that. You said you're going to take, I was honest. I said, you said you're going to take care of me. Let's, let's go. We know they lying. He said, yeah, they lying. I said, they lying like Mufasa, Pastor Dell. Let's take care of it. He said, he said, you got two options. You can take care of it, and you will be responsible for taking care of it for the rest of your life. Or you can surrender to the Holy Spirit and outlive it. And I said, outlive it? He said, what's outlive it look like? He said, it looks like five years from now when the truth becomes known to everyone. I was like, but, but that, that timetable doesn't line up with my timetable. And most of the time, the Lord's timetable does not line up with your timetable. 
But can I tell you, the Lord's timetable is perfect. I know it don't feel like it when it's happening, but his timetable is perfect. Amen. So how do we yield to the Holy Spirit? And I promise I'll close with this. How do we yield to the Holy Spirit? When I was coming up with this, I was like, y'all know me. I'm a practical person. I love to give steps. I love to give instructions. And I was like, Lord, how do I? There's so many steps. There's all these different things. But I'm like, okay, Lord. I write in, I'm writing in my notebook. I'm like, step number one. I got one, two, three, four, five. And I'm like, all right, put the first one. I'm trying to come up with all these others. And the Holy Spirit just whispers. Because I don't know about you, but he loves to whisper. Because, see, if, if you're listening to a, somebody that's whispering, you're having to really concentrate. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to concentrate on him. And he said, there, and he gave me one overarching step. And I was like, Lord, I, but there's so many others. This, just this one, Lindsay, just this one. I was like, okay, so I'll write it down. But this is how you and I, this is how we yield to the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? As some of y'all, you've heard it before. When I say it, you're probably going to be like, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes again. But this is how we yield to the Holy Spirit. It's by gazing upon the Lord. Simply gazing upon the Lord. I'll say it again, but, you know, we, you, you're conformed more and more to look like Christ as you gaze upon him. As you gaze upon him, amen. We become more and more like Jesus the more we look upon him. The more we look upon him. You know, can I give you an example of gazing? You know, I, I, I love our boys. And I, I, this idea I didn't come up with on my own, but I read it in this book on on, uh, on parenting, and we do this bedtime blessing. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's a liturgy. It's a form of worship because it points our boys back to Jesus, back to the Father. <clears throat> and we do this bedtime blessing. I've told the story before, but, you know, I've, I've added some adaptations to it. And one of the things I've added that I like to do is I get my face as close as I can to theirs. And of course, they're giggling and goofy. And I'll say, okay, can you see my eyes? And they say, yeah, I can see my eyes, especially Keenan. Keenan always melts my heart with this. I don't know why. And I say, uh, I say, all right, can you see my eyes? And he says, yes, I see your eyes. I say, what do you see when you see when you look in daddy's eyes? And he says, me. That's what gazing upon the Lord looks like. To the point that when we look in the scriptures and we meditate on him and we worship him, when we pray, we get so close to Jesus that we see our reflection in him, who we're supposed to be, who we were always meant to be. We get to see the version of that's not that's not wrestling with the insecurities. We get to see the version that doesn't believe all the lies and all the opinions of everybody else. We, we get to see the version that's not ridden with guilt and shame from every mistake, every mess up, every hookup, every blowout, every troubled time in our life. We get to see who we were always meant to be through his eyes. Amen. That's what gazing upon the Lord looks like when we get so close to him and we see our reflection. We see our reflection, amen? You should start to see the real you as you look upon Jesus. And when we look upon Jesus, you'll develop a natural desire for the things of God. You'll develop a natural desire for the things of God. I'll tell you this last story, but I got two stories. Now, just one story. One story. We went to Boots a Million today, me and Cohen. And uh, we went there with a certain purpose to get him this Mario uh, plush toy. Now, yeah, see, there it is, Mario. Now, if y'all didn't know, 
the, they, they remade, or they made the Mario movie. I say remade because all the 90s kids, we understand there was another Mario movie. It wasn't as good. But they remade the Mario movie. And when we, we me and Kelsey, we took Kellen and Keenan, our, our oldest two, we took them there. Cohen was with Nana and G-Dad, I think, yeah. So he didn't see the movie. He doesn't know anything about Mario. He could barely say it, but when he says it, it's cute. But when we go in the store and books a million, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, please let him have it because I, I whiffed on the opportunity. This is God's good. He knows when we should have get when we should have got something the first time, and we're like, No, nah, I'm gonna save money. He don't need it. He, he keeps it there on the shelf for you. <laughs> we go in there, and I'm praying. I, I see, and I don't know why, but today just must have been kids' day because the store is full of kids. So here I am. I got going close, and I'm you know. Everybody's trying to be all nice and walk around. I'm walking past them like, hey, don't you get to that shelf before I get there. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be a problem. All right? I'm going to have to breathe and pray and then breathe and pray some more. And I get up to the shelf, and it's full of all these stuffed animals and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't see it at first. I'm just like, Lord, please let it be here. And then I even said, Lord, if it's not here, angel, put it here. Put it right here. And uh, about that time, I look, and I see the feet of the Mario plush toy sticking out, and I was like, Lord, please let it be Mario and not Luigi in the name of Jesus, and I pull it out, and it's Mario, and I said, said, thank you, Jesus, and I said, hey, Cohen, look, and here's what Cohen says, Cohen says, Mario, I love Mario, and then brought it in and hugged it, and I was, I was just overthrown, I was like, thank you, Jesus, like, okay, let's get out of this store, (laughs) but here's the thing, in his mind, he loves Mario, but he's never seen Mario movie. He's never really played the game. He pretends like he could play it, but like, he doesn't know anything that's going on. <laughs> but the reason he has this, watch this, the reason he has this love for Mario is because his brothers love Mario. And Cohen is in love with his brothers. Therefore, because he's in love with his brothers, whatever they desire, he takes that desire upon himself. If we are in love with the Father, if we are in love with Jesus, whatever he desires organically becomes our desire. Organically, we're able to forgive people that do us wrong. Organically, we're able to believe that by his stripes, we are healed. Organically, because we love him, he, uh, his desires become our desires. We're able to trust and know that he has us. Organically, because he loves us and protects us, we're able to love and protect everybody else that comes in our life, whether they agree with us or don't agree with us. Whether they're considered an outcast, if they're considered an outcast, because we love Jesus, we do like Jesus, and we bring them into the fold. If they're the one that runs from the 99 because we love Jesus, we go after them. If they're the ones that have forsaken everything and become the prodigal of their family, we run to them with open arms, and we embrace them and celebrate them back into the family of God. Because we love Jesus, we will go as far as we need to go to the highest heights for people, to the lowest lows for people because we love Jesus. He gave his all for us. We will give our all for everybody else as the sign of Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only constant. Jesus is the only true love. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Jesus is the only one to heaven because we love Jesus, because we're so in love with him. How he lives, how he loves, we love the same way. We love the same way. And watch this. When you try to pull Mario, oh, this is good, and we're done. When you try to pull the Mario toy from Cohen, we're not trying to take it from my Mario. My Mario. 
And when we got home, he went and found Kiki's Mario, which is Keenan, and he said, this is Kiki Mario, and he took his Mario and went on to another room. But he understands that this is his. Why? Because his brother, he's so in love with his brothers that therefore he has adapted what they love. The Holy Spirit does that type of work in us to where we adapt what the Father loves. To the point that, guess what, when moments come up and we don't know how to react instantly without even thinking we're going to, somebody curses you out, you're going to forgive them. And you're going to drive off later. Lord, I don't know how I didn't go off on them. It's because you've adapted the one that you're in love with. You've adapted his desires. You've adapted, and that's what our life is meant to look like. Just a, a simple walk every day where we're adapted. This is how you know you're growing when you're able to look at the previous day and be like, okay, what, 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 did I, what did I surrender and what did I adapt? What did I surrender and what did I adopt from the Holy Spirit? What did I adopt from the Father, Son, and Spirit? And guess what? If the answer is you didn't adopt anything, then you need to gaze upon the Lord some more. You need to turn Netflix off. Talking to myself, you got to turn Hulu off. You got you to turn the phone off and just say, okay, Lord, I, I, I want to gaze upon you. Lord, you know, if you pull up a scripture. Okay, Lord, I and, and read it until you start to see the heart of Jesus. Read it and Lindsay, well, I don't I didn't see the first time. Reread it. There's sometimes where I have to reread the same verse. Why? Not because I not because I'm intellectually can't comprehend it. It's because we have so much going on up here. It takes multiple times. It takes multiple times, but eventually, finally, you'll be like, whoa, hey, I don't I don't realize, I don't realize Jesus does that. Oh, he does that for me too. Man, how's he able to do that? And let's you know you're going to dig and dig and you're going to see that the spirit is the one that gives him the strength to do it. And you're going to be like, the same spirit lives in me. So that means the spirit of God can give me the strength to do the exact same thing. Amen. What did you surrender and what did you adopt? What did you surrender and what did you adopt? This is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. Amen. This is what he does in your life tomorrow morning when you wake up. Okay, Lord, I thank you for giving me the strength to surrender and adopt. Lord, I thank you for giving me the strength to surrender and adopt. Surrender the behaviors of my flesh and adopt the behaviors of the spirit. Lord, I thank you for strength to help me conduct myself in a way that reflects your image, God. Reflects your image. Why? Because in a crazy, dark, twisted world, a world that is full of everybody behaving out of their flesh, you be the one. Jesus said it best that what? We are a city set on a hill. City set on a hill. A lamp on a lampstand. What? To, to bring light to a dark world. To bring light to a dark world. It's time we be that. Amen. 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 Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for being the good shepherd. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing.